You're listening to the Forefront Church podcast in New York City, where our vision is to see lives, neighborhoods, and our city renewed through Jesus. I have been really productive recently, more productive than any of you. Um, I have. I probably need to tell you about my day off two weeks ago. Uh, I, my days off are on Friday, so I take Fridays off. So Friday two weeks ago, I woke up, I went to the gym, I got back from the gym. I caught a uh, fraud charge on my credit card account and got a new credit card. Nice. And then I, uh, uh, I put up some blinds, I cleaned out my closet, I straightened up the house, I picked up the kids from school, came back, and I read to the kids. Huge. And then I played with the kids, I went out. And uh, met up with some friends I hadn't seen in a long time. I mean, that, that's production, people. That, that's production. That, that's chopping wood right there. You guys, uh, you guys chop wood? You guys productive? And everybody's like, no. It's too cold. It's too cold. Uh, we're productive at work, though. We're productive at work. Uh, we finish up that big project. I think of so many of you who tell me, like, oh, I got this giant project I got to finish, and the relief that comes when it's finished, that's production. Or, um, hey, I, I you know, went to three auditions, and I got one callback all in a day. That's great. That's production. Or, um, you know, the price of oil was up for a split second, and I capitalized on it. It made money for my company. That feels like production. I wrote something, and it got published. That is production, right? That's, that makes us feel productive. We are productive. There's so many ways in which we feel this productivity. Internet. I booked my flight, booked my hotel. I, I got the gift for my sibling. I did my online banking. I looked down at my socks. I realized I'm wearing two different kinds. I went to Amazon and got socks. Production, right? <laughs> Big deal. Church production happens too. You, it's like, what is it, like negative 100 outside right now? And you guys made it. You guys are here. That's productive. It's a big deal. I mean, not a lot of people... Uh, would do what you guys did. And you're also in guilds and small groups and you serve well. This is production. We love productivity. We love production. You know why we love it so much? I'll tell you why. It keeps us in control. It keeps us in control. That's why we like to be productive because when we're productive, we are in control of our lives. We have it figured out. We can point to things and we could say, this is what I did. This is what I accomplished. Here's how it happened. And it keeps us in control. I'm gonna tell you another story. I'm gonna tell you a story about my day off about two months ago. My day off two months ago was a Friday. Woke up, got a cup of coffee, went to read ESPN or something, and um, it wasn't working. My computer wasn't working. Uh, and, uh, and so I turned on my TV. My TV wasn't working either. And I looked outside. I saw the Time Warner guy outside. And so it was winter, but I was really concerned. So in my shorts and my T-shirt, I just ran out there. And I was like, hey, Time Warner guy, my, my TV and stuff's not working. And he was like, it's not going to work until probably about 5 p.m. today. We're upgrading the entire block. And I was like, Jonathan, don't panic. (laughs) Do not panic. It's going to be okay. And uh, then I realized I left my phone in my wife's purse the night after. So I didn't have my phone. And I was like, you're okay. I was like, you're a pastor. And I said, you tell people to read and pray all the time. You will do this right now. (laughs) And so I I sat down on my couch and I I started reading a little bit. And I prayed. I was praying a little bit. And uh, within about an hour, I was completely and utterly despondent. I was like beside myself. I was like, who are you and what are you doing with your life? Like, you know, what's happening? Like, I just, I, at the end of it, I was like, we're moving. As soon as the kids get home, we're moving. We're leaving and never coming back. And what's happening to me? And, uh, you know, I lost control. There was no control there. There was no control over my situation. Uh, and, and I realized that productivity equals control. And I do this 
in so many different aspects and in so many different ways of my life. And so I started thinking through, and tell me if you agree, like we go through life uh, and we want control over relationships. And so we get rid of relationships or take on new ones based on how they can help us become more productive or, or get better or chop more wood or do all, any of those things, right? That's what we do with relationships. And I started thinking about uh, just the way we interact with people. There are times where I'm interrupted, and in those interruptions, I don't view them as opportunities because I'm like, well, what if I'm going to get taken advantage of here? And really, I need to be productive beyond this person or this situation or this thing. So I'm going to move past it and beyond it. And that's where real production is because I'm in control. I'm in control of that situation. It's no longer that interruption. And I started thinking about all the times at work where I play different angles or I do different things so I can get out of having to do the more important stuff because, hey, I'm being productive over here, but I also keep in control of the situation. And, and there are so many of us, me included, who are out there changing the world every day and we're changing the world every day, being productive, being busy so that we don't have to change ourselves. That's the truth. We're out there changing the world so we don't have to change ourselves. I was reading this book right now. It's called We Make the Road by Walking. And in it, it says this. Jesus' key concept is the opposite of what we might expect If you want to see change in the outside world, the first step is to withdraw into your inner world. If you want to see change in the outside world, the first step is to withdraw into your inner world. We're in this Vox Day series. And so we've been talking about the surprising ways, the ways we hear the voice of God, maybe some of the ways we forgot about the voice of God. And I would say we hear the voice of God, not in our busyness, not in our productivity, but when we stop and we withdraw into our inner world. I am going to talk to you today about the most productive person who ever lived. It was somebody who started a revolution in three short years. His name is Steve Jobs. No, I'm in church. What's his name? Thank you. Jesus. Let's do the Sunday school answer, right? You guys are sharp, sharp this morning. All right. It's Jesus, right? So... In, in, you know, we don't know the exact time, but in three years, three, three plus years, three or four years, Jesus starts this nonviolent revolution, right? And, and, and starts this thing. He, it's God incarnate and lives are changed. So thousands of lives are literally changed in this small outpost of the Roman Empire. You're talking about half of a nation is changed, right? In this small outpost. People, the miracles are performed. Incredible things happen. Stories are told and, and, and these movements start to the point where today we are just some of the three and a half billion people who will gather at a church and worship this Jesus who in three short years got us to this place to this point in life. That is incredible. That is impressive. We have four accounts of Jesus's life. They're called the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in these four accounts, we get the most important information of Jesus' life that get us to this place. We get that, all right? So um, how did they gather that information? Well, you know, a couple thousand years ago, they'd all be sitting around sort of like we are right now, and they would say to one another, hey, I was with Jesus. Do you remember the time that Jesus did this? Or do you remember the time that Jesus performed that miracle? Or do you remember how Jesus wept in this situation? And people go, yeah, I remember. And then they would laugh and they would cry and then they would like stare puzzled and bewildered because that's what we do sometimes as well. And, and there was somebody who was writing this down. Somebody is taking notes on this and, and creating an account of Jesus's life. That is the tradition in which we get our gospel messages. Now, I want you to think about the times where you're sitting around. I want you to think about the times when you're hanging out with people and you're remembering stories and things. What are you talking about? 
Are you talking about mundane things? Are you like, remember the time that tomato on my sandwich wasn't really that ripe? Like, you know, like, what are you talking about? Like, are you talking about that? Or you were talking about stuff that matters, the stuff that changed you, the life-changing stuff. You talk about the life-changing stuff, right? And so there's this life-changing stuff that happens in our accounts of the gospel. In fact, there are so many life-changing things that Jesus did, so many accounts that people have, that in John, the book of John, chapter 20, verse 30, it says there's so much, I can't even fit it all into this account. I can't even fit it into this writing. That's how many important things have happened. And yet, and yet, in these Gospels, where the only the most important things actually made it in, we hear 12 different times, 12 different times that Jesus stopped, retreated to his inner world, and rested. 12 different times. That's what we hear. Must be pretty important. Must be pretty important. So let's talk about those times. Matthew 14, after he sent him away, he went up by himself to pray. Mark 1, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Mark 6, 31, crowds of people were coming and going so that Jesus and his followers didn't have time to eat. He says, hey, let's go away by ourselves and let's get to a lonely place to get some rest. So we see um, Jesus uh, getting away, withdrawing to an inner world. It happens in a few different ways. I think when we think about going away to pray, we think about us like sitting in a room and like, oh, dear Jesus, thanks for my friends. Thanks for that meal I had yesterday. I think that's it. I think that's the way we think about it, right? We think about it that way. But what Jesus is doing is he's going away to listen. He's going away to get quiet. He's going away to get still. He's going to lose control. Sometimes he brings people with him. Sometimes he doesn't. But that is where he's going away. That is why he's going away. Because Jesus is showing us what God wants us to see, which is if we want to change this place, if we want to change this world, we start by retreating to our inner world. It's so important that it was mentioned 12 different times in the Gospels. And then we have like the most, this is like the oddest story in Scripture, this transfiguration story. How many people have heard the transfiguration story before? Everybody's heard it. It's... Oh my goodness, it is just crazy. Let's talk about it for a minute. Let's talk about it. Jesus tells his disciples, the the inner core, his crew, he's like, guys, I need to get away with you. We need to go listen and pray together. And so it's it's Peter, it's James, it's John, it's Jesus. And they go up. And and the thing is, Peter, James, those guys are like us. Okay, they're like us. So I always think about like, that's me going with Jesus. And so, of course, the thing that I would do is I would go fall asleep just like they went and fell asleep. You know, they've been busy. They've been productive. They've been out. They've been changing lives. They've been doing different things. They're in control. And of course, when you get a chance to stop, you fall asleep, right? But when they wake up, what do they see? They see Jesus as he's like shining. He's all shining. And then they see uh, the prophet Elijah and they see Moses, who like, this is the perfect parallel. We're in President's Day weekend. It would be like us seeing Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. That's what it's like, okay? It's like a perfect parallel. The same kind of reverence, the same historical kind of, uh, you know, depth, the same, uh, the same way that we, like, talk about that in school. That's what they would have talked about in school. Like, oh, it's Elijah and Moses. the same thing. And so, of course, Peter gets excited. And I love it. It says, like, he, what he says, he says not because he's making any sense, but because it's his default. He's so scared that he goes right to his default. And he says, hey, we should make things for these guys. We should make some tents. These guys can stay in them. Jesus will make a tent for you as well. Like, let's, let's do that. Let's make stuff. Now, this scripture, this, this transfiguration, I was telling Ben earlier, it intimidates me a little bit. 
And the reason it intimidates me is because you can read books for years and never get to the point of what this transfiguration was actually about. And there's so many different thoughts. And it's funny, as I prayed through the transfiguration this week, one thing kept coming back to me. And it's like, you're like Peter. You're like Peter. You're like Peter. And I think we're all like Peter. And I hate to beat on Peter because I did last week. But I realized, and I will next week. But I realized my default, my default is when I, when I capture the voice of God or when I capture a scene or a situation, my default is to manipulate it, to control it, to build a tent for it. And my point is my, I, I want to put it in my box. I want to put it in my uh, schema. I want to put it in my worldview. I want to take that thing and I want to say, this is great. Let me do. Let me build it. And so that way I can walk in and out of it whenever I want to. And that way, like, uh, I don't really have to stop and rest and listen. I can, I can just have it in my tent and I'll, I'll keep building and I'll make it and I have control over it. And what I realized, the way I'm like Peter is like, that's me taking control of a situation. And then God speaks. And God says, listen, this is my son who I love. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. You know, we get a couple times in all of scripture where God actually audibly speaks. And when that happens, it's like the fiber of this very world is opening. And like, it's amazing. And God opens up that very fiber and tears it to tell us, hey, you are spending way too much time being productive, trying to build tents, manipulate your life, keep control. And so the time I'm gonna actually open up, rip open the heavens to talk to you, I'm gonna tell you to listen. That's what I'm gonna tell you to do. And what I realize is going on for me, and I think it's probably going on for you guys too, is I am holding tightly. I am holding tightly to control. I'm holding so tightly to control and that's why I'm productive and that's why I do all these things because I don't want to lose control and what God's doing in this transfiguration is he's prying my fingers one at a time and I'm falling and I'm like, this is awful and God's like, listen, listen. I realize I'm holding too tightly. I realize that Peter is holding too tightly. I realize that most of us hold too tightly and most of our anxiety comes from the fact that we're so unwilling to let go. Instead of taking in the shining lights and the vision, instead of stopping to hear what might be, we say, let me go do, let me go build, let me be productive. That way I stay in control. We are never going to change the world unless we're willing to stop and listen and retreat into our inner world. So how? How does that happen? You ready for this? Good. I need you guys. Yeah, it's cold. I get it. Good. Um, Okay, I'm going to tell you how. Ready? We're going to physically stop. I know. (laughs) That's it. That's all we're going to do. We're going to physically stop. Really. Seriously. Physically stop. We live in New York. You guys are like, I think I can do that. Am I allowed to do that? We're going to physically stop. Why does Jesus go away? Why does Jesus pray? Why does Jesus get away from crowds? He's losing control. I'm listening. I'm listening. But in order to do that, he physically stops. And why does he physically stop? Because he's paying attention to Exodus chapter 20, verse 4. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You guys remember the Ten Commandments? You guys remember that? And and so Jesus is stopping because this is one of the commandments. And why is it a commandment? I've preached on this before, and honestly, I could preach on this every day, and it would still be relevant to us. It's a commandment because God sees Israelites who are slaves. 
And the only way that they had control, the only way is if they kept working. If they keep working, they're gonna get a chance to eat. If they keep working, they're not going to be beat. If they keep working, they're going to live. They won't get killed. They won't die. So the only way these Israelites have control as slaves is to work, is to be productive, is to push. And God says, you are free. You are now free. You are no longer slaves. And if you want to live a life in freedom, then I am making you stop. I am physically making you stop. That's what I am doing. And so these Israelites, they struggle and they wander the desert and they have to stop and they grumble and they don't know what to do with themselves because just like us, they're in control. And God says, here's a commandment that's going to make you pry your fingers away and you're going to have to lose control and trust me now. Stop. Way easier said than done. We can't stop. We can't. There's too much going on. We got we to gotta stay busy. I, I feel that way too. And yet, what we do is when we're unable to stop, we say, you know what, God? I don't trust that you have the best life for me. I don't trust that, that there's something, that there's a voice, that there's uh, you telling me something that I'll be able to hear or even understand or listen to. I need to do this on my own. And when we, we don't stop, what we're saying is, God, you've created freedom for me through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have been bought rest, and I don't want it. I want to remain a slave. I want to remain a slave to the busyness. We have to stop. Some of you are like, this is the Ten Commandments and they're outdated and they're old and everything else. And uh, yeah, you might be right. No. You know, even so, if you want to even take this away from God, I mean, there, there's study after study that says, that says, you know what is important? You will actually grow. You will actually be capable of more. You'll process more when you rest. Ernst and Young did a study that said those who take all of their vacation time produce better results than those who don't. Air traffic controllers who take 20-minute naps in between uh, uh, you know, different shifts, they actually can handle stress better and are more productive. Thank God. I'm glad air traffic controllers are more productive. Basketball players who take a nap between shoot-around and game time have better shot percentages across the board. My friend, this guy, Chris Travis, he found a study, and I could not find it, but it's worth mentioning that, that they did a study, and they found out that rest, stopping, was more important than both, than both uh, what you eat and how you feel. Rest, stopping was more important than, than what you eat or how you feel. This stopping thing matters. There's something to this. There's something about losing control and understanding that if we're going to change the world, if we're going to hear the voice of God, we gotta retreat into our inner world. We gotta stop. And what happens when we stop? Energy. Remember energy? Remember what it, like to have, what it felt like to have energy? That's that thing that none of us have this morning, <laughs> including myself. The cold takes it away from us. Energy, right? We have it. And so now when we're able to really listen in on God, when we lose control, when we stop building tents, when we stop getting practical, when we deal with ourselves, all of a sudden we're listening and also we have energy. And so all, now those relationships, the ones that you, know, you were spending hours on trying to talk to that person, now you have the capacity to maybe solve an issue or get to the heart of an issue in way less time. That's energy. The work that you have, that meeting, the big project, whatever it is, maybe instead of working longer hours, you now have the capacity, the energy to get it done in a shorter amount of time. 
that conversation with that person who needs the right words. Maybe instead of, of you going around in circles for hours on end, you are able to give that person those right words through the spirit in five minutes. That's what energy does. That's how this changes us because the truth is we will change the world when we retreat into our inner world. We'll hear the voice of God when we're willing to retreat into our inner world. So what are we going to do? How do we do it? We change the plan. Let's change up our plan. You guys know that stopping for us, seriously, I'm not even kidding, stopping for us is about the same. It might be harder for us to stop than it would be for us to get off heroin. It might be harder for us to stop than for us to like end an alcohol addiction or some other addiction. Our brains are wired. Our neural pathways are created that says if you're not busy, you're not right. If you're not busy, you're not in control. If you're not busy, you're not doing anything here. And we have to change our plans. Here's what I don't recommend. Don't cut your Time Warner all at once. It's really, really painful. This is something that has to happen very slowly. This is something that we have to change little by little. This is something we ask God to help us change little by little. And so here's, the, here's what I want you to do today, okay? I want you, you some of you are gonna go home and you're gonna work. I want you to go home and I don't want you to work. I want you to, to rest and hold off. Some of you are addicted to social media and, you know, it's great that you post street corners and flower petals and food and all the rest. But <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to stop and I want you to get off social media for a couple hours. Get off for a, I won't check your timestamps. Just get off for a couple of hours. Rest, listen, lose control. There's some of you uh, who are here that are, have spouses, significant others. Maybe you have kids. Uh, and if that's the case, um, what I, I want you to do is, is I want you to give your spouse, your significant other, permission to go off on their own and listen and be quiet and to rest. I want you to let them do that. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But give them the time that they might be able to listen, to lose control, to hear the voice of God. There are others of us who are in our heads all day long. I am in my head all day long going, if I just do this better and that better and that better, then we'll finally be perfect. You know what we need to do? Take a nap. (laughs) I am serious. That's what we need to do. And so today when it's minus 100 degrees outside, today might be the day we do that. We get out of our heads and we physically rest. There's many other ways we do this that I'm not mentioning right now. But the truth of the matter is we do this. We, we practice this because we're not, you know, us, we think we're gonna change the world before we're gonna change ourselves. The only way we change the world is by retreating into our inner world and listening for the voice of God. The voice of God, which is saying, hey, loosen your grip, lose control, hear me. It's this death and resurrection thing where we're bought rest. It's this death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we are free. It's this death and resurrection that says you, you are able to where you weren't before. You are now able to stop and listen. It's in this death and resurrection that Jesus says this. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's what Jesus Christ does for us. That's what this death and resurrection does for us. That's why we are going to change the world by withdrawing into our inner world. We are going to stop 
And it's going to start right now. We're going to do it right now. Um, right now, we're going to stop. Right now, we're going to listen. Right now, we're going to pray. Um, if you're new here, I'm glad you're here today. My guess is your life is pretty busy as well, and I think this might not be a bad exercise. And um, it's gonna, uh, you're going to know it's working if it feels a little weird, okay? You're going to know it's working if it feels like there's too much silence, and you're going to know it's working um, if you feel like maybe we should move or do something or sing something or stand up or sit down, but we're just going to stop. I want to challenge you all to let go of control, to hear the voice of God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to close your eyes and resist falling asleep. Peter, James, and John did it. I'm just throwing it out there. If they did it, we're going to do it. Resist the urge to fall asleep. Get into a position that's comfortable. Get in a place where you, your body's at rest. Get in a place where you can hear I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you, do you feel burdened right now? Do you feel weary right now? Right now, what do you feel burdened and weary by? Tell God what you feel burdened and weary by. Tell him right now. Now, right now, what I want you to do is I want you to hear this good news. I want you to hear this good news that that God tells us, listen, you are not in control. Hear this good news. You are not in control. And maybe for some of us, we've been resting a lot and and rest might look a little differently or feel differently. There's a million different ways in which we can rest. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask God right now to teach you how to rest over the next few weeks. What's the one thing you have to do? What's the small change you have to make? Tell God. Ask God to bring that to you. We're going to take the rest of this service. There'll be music playing. You can choose to sing if you want. If you don't want to sing, you don't have to. But take this time to be quiet and to be still and to rest in a God who loves you more than you could ever imagine. You are God's beloved. Remember that. And may our lives be characterized by a Christ-like rhythm of activity and of rest. And may we hear God's voice and may we enjoy it. Amen.